Blog Talk Radio. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit redbarninc.com slash coupon to save a dollar off your first can. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rejuvenation's Health Radio on blogtalkradio.com. The show is brought to you by Lipolite Naples and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. Good afternoon, everyone. Dr. Ron here on July 5th, 2016. Where is the time going, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making us the number one health internet listen to radio show here in Southwest Florida. We are really doing good. And as you can see from the beginning of the program, we have a little uh, 10 second sponsor and we'll see how that works out. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope we all remember that uh, everything we do and we are free because of our armed forces and people in, in uniform. And I hope that, that you remember them yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, we are brought to you by Lipolite Naples. It's Dr. Ron Jr.'s office down at, uh, on, uh, in North Naples, uh, located at uh, 1575 Pine Ridge Road. Phone number there is 239-331-5886. Dr. Ron is a chiropractor, but he's also a board-certified chiropractic neurologist, and he is certified in functional medicine. So if you have needs for slimming, shaping, and toning, uh, want to get uh, those extra 10, 15 pounds off, uh, just want to start feeling good. If you have fibromyalgia or chronic uh, uh, tiredness, uh, you want to see Dr. Ron. That's so 239-331-5886. I want to welcome all our new listeners. I see some phone numbers here that I don't, I don't recognize, and I see some that I do recognize. And uh, thank you, New Jersey. Thank you, Maine. Uh, for uh, tuning in, and they're the ones that are at the top here, so they're easy to recognize. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, today's show is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we have a, a potpourri of different topics uh, to talk to you about today. Uh, and uh, I just want to start off the show by reminding you, it used to be only death and taxes, right? Now, you know what you have, we have to put up with? Shipping and handling. So uh, just know that. And a husband is someone who, after taking out the trash, gives the impression that he cleans the whole house. Well, that's true for us us, us gentlemen folks. And that brings us to what I really wanted to open the show up with today, and that is what your spouse is really doing to you. Uh, you know, if you gave an award for patience, uh, I know my wife would win it. Um, and some of our other wives would win it too. And and I know I'd get at least an honorable mention in her speech, but our wives put up with a lot from us, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, we do anything in the world for them. And 
turns out that's not all we do for each other. There's something else going on beneath the surface, something you cannot see, but you no doubt know. But, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. But you no doubt know is there whenever you look at your beloved one. It's protection on a whole different level. And the latest research shows how this power of love has some real and lasting benefits, saying and even extending our lives and offering protection from one of today's leading killers. And that protection kicks in just when you need it most, when you are facing a life and death stress of a heart attack. Sorry, single folks, but you've got a little tougher road uh, to home because the absence of spousal support will increase your time in the hospital and even increase your risk of dropping dead. Married folks, on the other hand, are 14% less likely to die after a heart attack, and they get home from a hospital two full days sooner than you single folks. Part of the reason, of course, is in the fact that a good marriage cuts stress and boosts levels of healthy hormones that help you through the tough times. Okay, uh, well, we're not going to be just singing a happy song about feelings. There's more to it than that. A much bigger part of the reason is that you've got someone in your corner when you need it most, someone to call an ambulance, even when you insist it was just something you ate or you had indigestion, someone to demand attention for you when you get into the emergency room, someone to watch over you while you're going through your tests and treatments. Works both ways, ladies and gentlemen. But most importantly, you've got someone to take care of you when you get back home. You just can't beat that, my friends, and that's why you should take a moment to thank your spouse just for being there. Single folks, uh, don't let this stress you out too much. Whether you're married, single, divorced, widowed, or dating, the bottom line is that while happy and healthy relationships will certainly help you in times of trouble, they're not the most important factor. You didn't think I'd say that, did you? You know what the most important factor is? It's our diet. Eat right, give up processed foods, cut the sugars, and stick to the straight and narrow. And you'll be in tip-top shape, and so will your mar- and your marital status will be also. So in sickness and health, ladies and gentlemen, we need to appreciate our spouses and... Uh, what do you think about that, Dr. Dan? Good afternoon, Dr. Ron. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing good. I know you've been uh, uh, going through some stress with your wife, but you know what? I'm sure she appreciates it, and uh, she'll do the same for you if you need it. Well, I'm doing the best I can to help her, and that's that's what, exactly what you're talking about. Well, you know, when, I have, uh, when we need each other. Exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, not forget our, you know, it's not all technology and drugs and whatever, like the new guys are telling us. There's there's more to life. Well, you know, uh, as I said, today is going to be a hodgepodge of things. I want to talk about the bulimia pump. I don't know if any of you heard about that, but we'll we'll talk about that. But something that 
uh, caught my attention, and there were two two uh, articles that caught my attention. One is called Smartphone Blindness. Did you know that smartphone use in bed can cause temporary blindness? I just want, and I don't think much, many of us older people do it, but I know a lot of the kids do. But using your smartphone in bed in the dark can cause a temporary loss of vision. And eye experts are warning us, but it's not getting, it's not getting out. There was an article in the New England Journal of Medicine. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll hear me talk about New England Journal of Medicine, Journal of the American Medical Association. These are reputable journals in the field of, of, of medicine. And they examined two patients who attended the, uh, an eye center in London after experiencing recurring episodes of temporary blindness. The first case involved a 22-year-old woman who had experienced impaired vision in her right eye at night for several months. The second case involved a 40-year-old woman who experienced six months of visual impairment in one eye for up to about 15 minutes when she woke. Well, when both patients were seen by specialists in the neuro-ophthalmology clinic, it was found that both women's symptoms developed minutes after they had viewed their smartphone screen while lying in bed in complete darkness. Further investigation showed that both patients typically looked at their phones with only one eye while resting on their side and that their other eye was covered by a pillow. So the experts, the eye experts, explained that while one eye got adapted to the dark, the other became used to the bright light from the phone screen. When the women used both eyes, the one that had been staring at the screen was unable to cope with the darkness, leading to a sensation of vision loss. Well, two of the authors replicated the situation. Okay, so they they saw these patients, they, they thought it was due to the bright screen, and then they got two other patients that replicated what they uh, had thought was a problem. And these experts say that as smartphones are increasingly being manufactured with brighter screens and are used during the day and night, this phenomenon will become more prominent. So just a word of, of advice. I mean, it was only two, but if it was your son, daughter, or grandchildren, uh, we have to, uh, you know, you have to have the knowledge of, of what's going on. And then, just before we move to another subject, there was another article uh, that I hope I can get here about the streetlights wrecking our health. Have you heard anything about that, Dr. Dan? About street lights, yeah. Health. Well, you know, the green, no, the green people. I, yeah, what'd you hear? Uh, I just don't like uh, too much light coming in the bedroom when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> well, that's that, that's a whole other problem. You're right. It, it shuts so off. So the street lights are that problem, and they're they're coming in when it's supposed to be dark, and you got to make sure you get the room darkened enough so that you well, get you- all these. Extraneous lights out of your system. Now, wait till you hear this. All right. Now, wait till you hear this one. Uh, A new warning from a a, a medical organization. I'll get to them later. uh, How one of the biggest recent victories 
uh, of the greenies is affecting us. The energy-efficient LED lights that everyone is practically being forced to use, the ones you pay, I guess, about five times more for than a, than a regular bulb, and they're, mm-hmm. they're half as dim. They can wreck your eyeballs, and they can disrupt your sleep. So now we've got the smartphones working on our eyes. Now these LED lights. The American Medical Association, ladies and gentlemen, is that a big enough association for you? They say that LED bulbs used in street lamps contain way too much blue light. Isn't that incredible? You see, because you know what, uh, as Dr. Dan knows, you don't see the blue, but it's there. It's what gives everything that cold, harsh glare. So much so that it can screw up your vision, cut clarity, and increase your risk of getting into an accident. Blue light, ladies and gentlemen, also bounces around in the retina like a ping pong ball. Or as a a game that we used to play, uh, Pong. It bounces all around. Remember that for one of the first uh, TV games? (laughs) And uh, the levels used in streetlights can damage your eyesight. And the big problem is what is known as color temperature. Color temperature. The higher the temperature, the bluer the light. And while old incandescent bulbs, color temperature was around 2400 K. And that K stands for Kelvin. And uh, the new LEDs being installed in streets across the nation are somewhere between 4,000 and 5,000 Kelvin. That means they contain twice as much blue. And assuming you don't smash your car on the way home because of the visual problems they cause, you could end up facing other issues long after you park the car and going inside. Why? These new streetlights contain five times more effective doses of light at suppressing the sleep hormone melatonin. When compared to the old sodium street lights, so let's say let's repeat that one one more time. These new street lights are five times more effective at suppressing the sleep hormone hormone melatonin. So if you're tossing and turning more often these days, don't blame something you ate or drink. Think about those street lights. The AMA warning focuses on vision problems and melatonin, but. These uh, new age bulbs have other problems. Uh, They can damage the pigment epithelial cells in your eye, and that kind of damage can trigger something that we all dread, macular degeneration. Unfortunately, LED light isn't just becoming hard to avoid. It's practically impossible because they're absolutely everywhere, like your cell phone, computer, and TV screens. So, again... I'm just pointing out the problem. Please do your best to avoid them as much as you can. Uh, you can even buy reading glasses that filter out uh, the blue lights for when you uh, use your phone uh, or your computer. And remember, really the best bulbs for your home and your health are all natural, full-spectrum lights. Uh, just, just, just some knowledge for you. Uh, I, I think... Uh, it's important for you to, to know that. I was hoping that uh, a friend of mine was still online, but I see he's not uh, because he knows about these uh, things. I was going to have him comment on it. Well, so blue lights and street lights, 
uh, can really wreck your vision. And, you know, that's, as you get older, and Dr. Dan knows, your vision is really critical. So, uh, <laughs> I, I sure do, especially right now while I'm having some problems. Uh, a question for you. Are you saying it's best to use the incandescent bulbs that we've been using for years? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I had put all CFLs in my home. And when I Absolutely. found out about the mercury and about the poison in those, I got those out. And guess what I put in? LEDs. LEDs. Yeah. They <laughs> and now, yeah. And what's I your take problem? The LED. Again, that's right? why and I, go back I look to up, Yeah, I look up articles. Yeah, you should go back to incandescent bulbs. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Yeah, you want to get rid of that blue light. It's not good for your for your retina and that macular area. Because we're getting enough, like you said, with the TVs and the iPads and everything else we have to use these days. Exactly right. Right on. And and as you uh, said in the beginning, you know, it, it disrupts our sleep. And the reason it does that is because it decreases our level of melatonin. So, uh all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, you know what? I, I see a friend of mine online. I'm going to make his his uh, microphone live here a second. Is that uh, H O? Wait a minute. Is that H O G up there in Maine? Yes. H uh, O uh, G. Did you hear what I was talking about? LED bulbs and the blue light. Yes. Uh, do you have any any uh, experience in that in that realm? Uh, not really, but every time we come up with some new um, technology, um, we find out about these uh, uh, unintended consequences long after the fact. Yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Mike is the one that pointed that out to me recently, and that's that's where I brought it up. And uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh He's seeing more and more problems with the macula, and now they're, you know, finding more and more about, like you said, the new technology, and it's not really helping us out too much. Right. Different frequency. Well, there's 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 energy in in uh, in all of these things, and it's uh, we we it's, it seems like it's a, a small amount, but we really don't know. It's we were never used to it, so it's kind of unnatural. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, and you know what? And uh, you know what? This morning, I'll see if I can find it. I found a Scottish saying. I thought that was really, really great. There's an old Scottish saying that one variant. Of, you see, it reads like this: "Many a little makes a mickle. Many a little makes a mickle. That is, the accumulation of many little things leads to one big thing. Isn't that incredible." Many a little makes a mickle. Well, I I wasn't aware of that, but you know, like HOG says, it's a accumulation of things in our lives, the toxins. And I want to talk a little bit after after an, after a, a break here about uh, Susan Summers' new book, "The State of Our Wombs: Toxic to, to Not Sick." Uh, just a great book because everything is cumulative. The toxins we're eating, the light we're we are exposed to the water that has a lot of uh, fluoride and chloride, chlorine in it, and and CAT scans. I want to just talk to you about CAT scans, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you know, you go to a doctor and he says, "Well, what's wrong with you? I got a headache." Well, let's get a CAT scan. Let's get an MRI. Let's get this, that, and then I'll see you. I want to just talk to you a little bit about CAT scans and 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 a uh, survey they did among radiologists. 
You're going, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. It really fits in good with the show. But let's just take a one-minute time for Dr. Ron and hear about his new cryo uh, uh, nitrogen chamber in, in, in Naples, Florida. Uh, three minutes uh, of, of cold temperature to increase your endorphins, uh, help you with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, listen to Dr. Ron, please. This is Dr. Ron Repesey of Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa, your place to chill at 239-658-COOL. If you've not heard of whole body cryotherapy and suffer with back pain, joint pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, or you're an athlete that wants quick recovery from sports injuries, then come chill with us at Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Sauna. Cryo Spa treatments take only three minutes and are supervised by physicians. Sessions are one-on-one in a private environment. Each treatment can also burn five to 800 calories. As seen on Dr. Oz, Cool Cryo Spa is truly amazing technology. Let's hear what Dr. Kurt Biggs, a well-respected orthopedic surgeon in Naples, has to say about Cool Cryotherapy. Hi, I'm Dr. Biggs of the Joint Replacement Institute. Since I started applying the Cool Cryosauna, my patients are healing much quicker and athletes are seeing quick recovery. I recommend this procedure for my surgical patients and athletes. Call Dr. Repesey now to schedule your Cool Cryo trial session, 239-658-COOL, 239-658-2665, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in the Noodles Italian Bistro Plaza. Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa. Come chill with us. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, Dr. Ron with his nitrogen chamber, and it's all supervised oxygen meters and so forth, so uh, you won't hear, there will be no chance of the, the horror story like you heard in Las Vegas a year ago. All right, I promised you something on CAT scans. All right. Uh, I guess you know we could say that uh, as I uh, as I opened earlier, uh, uh, most doctors have itchy fingers. They'll order uh, one just for about anything. But what do they really understand about the risks and radiation they're exposing you, the patient, to? Well, wait to hear about this study. It's it's just uh, it's it's mind boggling. It's it's like you know like you want to wrap duct tape around your head so your head doesn't explode. The, a new study on mainstream doctors and radiologists, the same ones behind the CAT scan craze, has yielded some shocking results. And it's proven just how important it is to ask three crucial questions before you or anyone you love agrees to a scan. I'll get to that. About 29,000 Americans develop cancers that can be traced back to CAT scans every single year. Just think of that. 29,000 Americans develop cancers that can be traced back to CAT scans every year. But that doesn't seem to be slowing the mainstream doctors down one bit. In 1980, there were 3 million scans done. And guess what we're up to now? 80 million CAT scans a year. So recent research has found that around a third of them are done for no good reason at all. Let's just take a quick a break from that because I remember when I was getting ready to retire from the clinical practice of medicine, I told the students that were in my office that medicine of the future would be something like this. The patient would come in and the, and the, the, the physician would say, well, all of your tests are normal. We better examine you. And as Dr. Dan knows, who's a classmate of mine, we were taught examine the patient first, then get ordered the appropriate test. 
And of course, what, what, sorry to say, what, is, what I said was true. Doctors are just ordering too many tests. So why would they put us through the risk of CAT scans over and over again if they have little or no benefit? Well, you can bet money is a big part of the equation, but the researchers from the University of Saskatchewan in Canada have stumbled upon another big issue. It turns out that some mainstream docs aren't as educated about the dangers as we think. Now, wait till you hear this. This is incredible. A research team surveyed health providers and found they were consistently uninformed about how much radiation you're getting from a CAT scan. In fact, they were badly underestimating the total amount. And that's not bad enough. But unfortunately, the misinformation did not stop there. Listen to what I'm going to tell you, if this doesn't blow your mind. Many of the doctors, radiologists, and imaging technicians surveyed mistakenly thought that safer scans like MRIs and ultrasounds, deliver ionizing radiation. Ladies and gentlemen, they don't. They don't have ionizing radiation. Amazingly, a full 20% of the participating physicians, as well as 6% of the radiologists and 7% of technicians surveyed, mistakenly believed MRIs cause patients to be exposed to radiation. You know, I just want to just stop here. I just want you to think about that. In addition, 11% of the doctors and 7% of the techs were under the impression that ultrasounds were a source of radiation. Now, the author of this study, you can check it out, Dr. David Leswick, L-E-S-W-I-C-K. He called the results troublesome. I, uh, I, I, would, I would go a little bit harsher than that. The fact that some of the very people ordering CT scans don't realize how dangerous they are or that there are safer alternatives. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an outrage, and it's the reason why we have so many attorneys. Along with CAT scans, we can also get doses of radiation from PET scans and, of course, x-rays. And they include mammograms and they include dental x-rays. Now, have you ever heard of Consumer Reports? Well, the chief medical advisor there is Dr. Marvin Lippman. He says that while the risk of a single scan is small, the effect of radiation is cumulative. The more you get, the higher your cancer risk. And it's just like we've been saying about everything in our, in our environment. Small doses, cumulative, like waterboarding. It's cumulative. So what do you do? Well, we always have to have uh, uh, an answer to the problem. Three important questions that we told you you're going to need to ask. Number one. Is the test really necessary? Uh, you, you're going to think you're going to. You, I know that sounds crazy, but remember that experts found that a third of them are not needed. If the doctor's just playing safe, remind him that sometimes the safest alternative is no scan at all. Okay, so number one, you're going to ask your physician or your healthcare provider, is this test really necessary? Second thing you're going to ask. 
can you substitute an MRI or an ultrasound for this CAT scan? Okay, because MRIs and ultrasound are, do not have ionizing radiation. And number three, are you getting the lowest effective CT scan dose? Now think about this. If your doctor or radiologist doesn't know, make sure they find out. Because the amount of radiation from a CAT scan can vary quite a bit. And that's even at the same hospital and for the same medical reason. Again, a study from the Journal of American Medical Association Pediatrics found that avoiding the highest doses could cut your radiation-related cancers by 50%. So, you know what? This, this stuff just blows my mind, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's, it should be uh, common sense, you know, and, and, and we're just – the profit motive is just killing us. So CAT scans can give you a lot of radiation – Think about a safer alternative. Don't be one of the 80 million people that are getting them a year. And don't be one of the 29,000 Americans who develop cancer from CAT scans every year. Dr. Dan, help me out here. I need a break. This is just this is driving me crazy. What do you need, Ron? Yeah, I mean, do you believe that when we used to, we used to practice? I mean... Absolutely. Examine the patient first and then see what they needed. I see an example of myself. I went in with vertigo and I knew I had labyrinthitis. And the first thing they said to me, they called the internist, we're going to get a CAT scan. You know what I said? No, you're not. I said, you're going to treat me for labyrinthitis because I know what I have. And that's exactly what I had, and it was treated properly with the proper medication and so forth, and I was fine. So you yeah. have to go into your uh, physicians, and you have to tell them sometimes what you feel is right. Go in with your questions. Go in with your list. And then go down and say this, 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 and that. And then if something's really necessary, you yourself should be cognizant to know that this is what you should have or shouldn't have and to keep yourself healthier in the long run because this radiation is absolutely cumulative as we both know yeah. and it never goes away just like sunburn it's cumulative so yeah, it's just uh, it's just crazy the numbers are staggering the numbers are absolutely when i when i read this and put this together it's it just it's just staggering uh the radiation dose and the fact that a, a percentage of the radiologists and the radiological technicians didn't even know that cats, uh, that MRIs were not radi- ionize, using ionizing radiation. You know, especially an MRI using magnets. Now, I'm not, and we'll, right. we'll do. Well, I have some uh, literature on magnets too. I mean, that's, that's you know, there's nothing 100% safe, but uh, the ionizing radiation is definitely cumulative. Also, uh, another thing is that if you get uh, any kind of X-rays. You want to make sure they're digital. Because yeah, you want the lowest. Of... Right. Go ahead. Yeah, in order to get the lowest possible dose of radiation. Right. There are a lot fewer Rankins when you, you know, the radiation uh, factors when you get digital uh, radiology versus the old fashioned method. You don't want the old fashioned method. No. That's the way to go. Well, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. Just crazy. 
Oh, my gosh. And then, you know, I was going to talk about annual physicals. But I don't know if my head can take it. <laughs> you, you you cannot believe how much money we spend in America on health care. Uh, we spend more per capita on health care than any other developed nation. And that would be great. But Americans are among the sickest citizens of the developed world, ranking only 50th for, for life expectancy. Worldwide, we only rank 50th, and we spend a ton of money. You know, we, we, we also rank near the bottom for everything from infant mortality to obesity, heart disease, and, and disabilities. And a growing number of studies suggest that part of the problem is, you know what, Dan? Excessive no, what, medical what intervention. Excessive medical medical intervention. Americans are receiving and paying for an enormous amount of unnecessary and or ineffective medical tests or treatments. According to the Institute of Medicine, approximately 30% of all medical procedures and tests and medications may be unnecessary. How did I tell you the price of this? $750 billion a year. Wow. The worst part is that this overtreatment is making Americans sicker, not healthier. Yeah, while most people are having trouble believing it, there's actually actually an inverse relationship between money spent on health care and wellness in the United States. So I want to just start, take a stop there, and I want to just tell, tell you a story, Dr. Dan. I used to uh, lecture uh, to different groups, and I had a very popular slide. I wish I had it today, but it got lost during my moves. And that's, that slide showed that when the doctors in Canada went on strike, people lived longer and got less sick. (laughs) You know, it it wasn't good for my profession, but it turns out, you know, that was 30, 40 years ago. It was the truth. It was the absolute truth. So, you know, that's why I want to try and uh, get our listeners to try and spread the news about the Dr. Ron unfiltered, uncensored, because you're not going to find this information unless you dig and do, do the reading that we do. So if you know someone, uh, we'd like to get our listenership up a little bit more. Uh, could spread the word. I really would appreciate it. Uh, Dan, when I talk about this stuff, I mean, we were taught so different than the young boys today. Sure. Sure was. And that's, that's a that's a while ago, but things have changed tremendously. Yeah, but you know what? The basic truths like HOG, I, let me just see. I, I, I'm not on that screen right now. He's still on. HOG, the reason I, not only he's a dear friend, but I always respected him because he knew the basics. He knew, and and the, some basics don't, they never change. You know, a, a good physical never changes. You still, uh, ob- observation, percussion, palpation. Uh, so, the, you know, right now, because most of the uh, funds come from big pharmaceutical companies, uh, they're taught to, uh, you know, use drug A for disease B and so forth and forget about the art. All right. Let me just uh, finish my notes here a little bit and I'll try and stay calm. 
The annual physical is the number one reason for doctor's visits, and each year one-third of Americans go into a doctor's office for uh, the routine of getting weight, getting measured, uh, or more often than not, some some type of medical testing. Okay, those costs of annual physicals and tests performs about ten billion a year. Okay, you know, are we, you know, they talk about ROI, return on investment, but Americans are getting enough uh, a return. I don't think we're getting a return on that investment because this the specialized visit hasn't proven anything in terms of staying healthy. An associate professor at Harvard has, has talked about and written about. I would tell you, I'll, I'll spell his name. I don't know how he pronounces it. M-E-H-R-O-T-R-A, Maratra. Maratra. Uh, he co-wrote an editorial uh, in the most recent edition of the New England Journal of Medicine. As you can see, Dr. Dan, New England Journal, JAMA, and Lancet, the uh, ones that I really look at a lot. He co-wrote an, wrote an editorial in the most recent edition calling the physicals outdated. He pointed out that physicals for healthy individuals can result in a battery of unnecessary tests and visits that are not effective at preventing disease. Instead of using the time for unnecessary processes and exams, he argues that some amount of time and money could be spent targeting patients who are sick and and need care. He says physicals make sense in theory, but it hasn't been borne out in reality. So he just thinks it's, it's physical should be just for a small subset of the population. Uh, there was an article in Time magazine that, that showed that uh, people that get annual physicals have no relationship to their health. And it's, it, just, it, it goes on and on and on. So we need some changes in our medical system. I just want to point out the problem. Uh, there are some tests and things you should do, though. You know, you should get your blood pressure. You should know what your waist-to-hip ratio is. You should know what your fasting lipid panel is and the ratios of uh, the good bad cholesterols. And we, did, we did talk about the, the bad cholesterols, and there's uh, uh, more to it than that. And if I, I did send out two videos to all my radio uh, listeners of uh, – that was made in Australia that shows that actually some, in some cases the high fluffy LDL count is really you know, that, that you find that in people that live to be a hundred. And you really want to know what uh, the men, especially Dr. Dan, you want to know what your ferritin level is uh, because too much iron uh, is, is really dangerous and can uh, expose you to oxidative stress and increase your risk of heart disease. So uh, you want to know what your ferritin uh, level is. And I can go on. I mean, this, the, I have notes about, you know, the, 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 the unnecessary tests. And this is one that Dr. Dan and I talked about. Not everybody's going to agree with me, but the DEXA scan for osteoporosis in women younger than 65 or men younger than 75 with no risk factors for, uh, you know, for osteoporosis is not an, a cost-effective form of screening for young, low-risk patients. And it's expensive, and it has a 20% error rate. Annual EKGs for low-risk patients, they, they solve no purpose. Uh, anyway, you, you, you get the point. Uh, I'm not, for the false positives with PSA is a whole new, I could spend four days on that. 
and and believe it or not, you should have a talk with your doctor because there are many many studies that refute the annual mammogram. You know how many women get mammograms each year, Doctor Dan? You have any idea? I know that you used to practice in that area, but I know it's gone up. And I'm not going to well, I'm not going to put you on the spot because I could I wouldn't have even come close. Thirty nine. A million American women get mammograms. Wow. Too, and too if you many. Read, yeah, and if you read Dr. Ross or the others, over their lifetime, one in eight women will receive a breast cancer diagnosis, but four of the eight will have at least one false positive. Uh, and then that workup for a false positive, that, they, that has created some unnecessary deaths. And chemotherapy and surgery. I mean, it just, you know, you, it, it just goes on and on because the tests are not 100% positive. And again, here we go, ionizing radiation. There's studies that I have in front of me that uh, show that you can raise your t- chances of developing breast cancer in the future, especially if you have a false positive and keep having to get more and more mammograms. So... I'm not gonna gonna beat that horse up, but you know, talk with your doctor. Do some research on the internet. Not all women uh, need to have annual screenings. Some do. I mean, there's always exceptions, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, probably women in the 45 to 54 age group should get mammograms every year. Uh, 55 and older, maybe every two years. And uh, please, these 3D mammograms—they are loaded with radiation. They are loaded with radiation. So I guess the concluding statement of this little uh, exercise is avoiding unnecessary medical care may prolong your life. So what do you do to stay healthy? Well, I I advise everybody, optimize your vitamin D levels. Get them checked. It's an easy blood test. Keep them between 50 and 70. For men, if if your vitamin D level goes below 29 and you do happen to develop prostate cancer, which every man that lives past 75 will have some, uh, you're you're more likely to get an aggressive form. So you want to keep your vitamin D levels up. And you want to eat real food. Okay? You don't want to eat the processed food that 90% of Americans are eating. Get plenty of high-quality animal-based omega-3 fats, you know, uh, good grass-fed beef. Increase your uh, intake of krill oil. Uh, Just uh, stupid things that you can do. It's easy. Avoid as many chemicals and toxins as pollutants as possible. Avoid prescription drugs. And lastly but not leastly, which is really critical, and I think Dr. Dan will agree with me, learn how to cope with stress. What do you think about yeah. stress and sickness? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of my biggies I have to fight with all the time. Yeah. I got I have another article for you, but I may save it. I wanna just uh talk about I asked Doctor Dan what is the first room he ever lived in and he gave me an address. But you know what it is, lady? <laughs> well, that was really, that was a trick question. But the first room we all lived in was our mother's womb, and it is incredible the amount of toxicity pregnant women are susceptible to. And then that goes right into the, the their into their womb and, and to nurse their. 
to be born child. You know, the cancer rate in children is up 67% since 1950. And the U.S. has the fourth highest rate in the world. This comes from Susan Summers' uh, new book, Toxic-Sick. It's uh, from toxic to not sick, actually. And uh, I just, these are my news from that. And remember how we always talk about gut flora? Remember last week, Dr. Dan, we talked about even uh, there in studies showing that uh, Parkinson's disease is because of abnormal flora starting in the gut and going up to the brain. Right. But you know we, right. you know, you know, we first we get our population population of of, uh, of microbes when we come out vaginally. You realize that, right? Mm-hmm. If a child comes out with a C-section, you don't have a chance to get all those bacteria into his gut. So. Uh, and they're very important for, and they're very important for your future life. Exactly right. As you grow. You're exactly right. Yep. And C-sections, well, I, I know when, uh, anyway, I'm not going to put you on the spot because I have the numbers. There's a million a year done, a million a year. And, they, and the C-section deprives these babies of their first microbial protection, and that's the journey through the vaginal canal. So our first swallow is not of air, but it's, it's our mother's vaginal flora, and that's how we colonize that bacteria. That's how we, that's our immune system is in our gut. But what happens if we miss out on this natural birth function? Well, if you're lucky and you're going to a physician that understands this, uh, he might be he might be replaced that flora by way of probiotics. And and everybody seems to know what probiotics are. But Dr. Dan, have you heard the word prebiotic? Yes, I sure have. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I just yeah. let our our listeners know prebiotics is just fiber, basically, ladies and gentlemen. That's not a big deal. It's the fiber. Probiotics are the actual germs, the, the microbial organisms, but prebiotics is fiber. Which so prime here the you pro- have what's that? Which prime the probiotics to make them work properly. Exactly, exactly. But you know, it, 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 all these new terms come out, and people say, "What the heck is that?" So I you have a newborn. Day, I'll tell you. Yes, yeah. you got a, guy, a new newborn kid. He spent nine months in a toxic, sick, imbalanced womb. A child who's, you know, what, what chance does he have right, right from the beginning? You know. So, doctor, uh, this book says that a. Uh, if a baby is born by a C-section, he's almost guaranteed to have gut imbalance. And uh, remember when the space, uh, the astronauts call Houston, Houston? Well, these babies are calling Houston because they got a problem. <laughs> and so we mm-hmm. wonder why our children are sick and have all the ADDs, OCDs, and all the other alphabet soups. You know, they're they're being born in a room that is toxic, fueled by imbalanced flora, being fed inferior fuel, because a lot of women eat a lot of processed food. They eat a lot of non-organic food. They eat uh, genetically modified food. And, you know, that has so many chemicals in it. GMO food is is like a virtual insecticide factory in, in your GI tract. And then you add the chemical vapors, from our house, all the all the volatile organics, 
And then when these babies get these lotions and baby powders at the hospital and they get their first dose of sodium laureth, which is uh, chemicals that uh, just add to the stew, it's just crazy, right, Dan? Yep. Absolutely. So, no wonder these kids are having a hard time getting started. They're having they're having trouble with powder now. You see it on television for advertisements. Yeah. It's causing toxic it, symptoms. Yeah, and it, you know, it was and uh it's I don't think I just it's good that the word's getting out to, to mothers to be about uh, all this toxic stuff. But the mothers of today are so accustomed to chemicals, uh they you know they think it makes their lives easier every day, and they think it's good to soak in these lotions, these cleansers, the makeup. That, you know what? I had doctor a doctor on this show about six months ago, and he had an interesting statistic about women's lipstick. How much how much lipstick does a woman use in her lifetime? Any idea, Doctor Dan? Oh, how much lipstick? I I'd, I'd say about. Probably fifty to a hundred tubes for each person. Uh, well, well, I don't know. I think I guess two point two pounds. Oh, I'm probably <laughs> right. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> That's a lot. It sure is. Oh my goodness! Poison. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and if it comes from China, you know it's loaded with lead, arsenic, and everything else. Right. Well, uh, all right, I'll get off of this subject. And I, I just, you know, I think mothers-to-be, uh, you know, you got the message about smoking and drinking. Please get the message about outgassing and plastic and phthalates, things that can go right to your womb and then to your baby. Uh, make sure your doctor, you can talk to him about the BHA and the, the, all these pl- toxic chemicals in the plastic uh Genetically modified foods. That's another subject. As you you you, you know now that the the uh, Monsantos of the world have won the legislature over, and now they're not going to put uh, genetically modified foods uh, uh, labeling on. But what they're going to do is put a smart label on. And what's a smart label? A smart label is one of these barcodes. And so if you have a smartphone, you can. Uh, take a picture of the smart label and you'll find out whether it has GMO or not. They are not going to put it in English on the package. So, again, this is this is the stuff that, that, that keeps me, my head duct taped. So, ladies and gentlemen, ladies, please make sure your doctor is uh, up to date on uh, toxicity, Take probiotics every day. Eliminate poor quality and GMO foods. Eat a good, healthy, fat-rich diet and omega-3s. Get tested for mineral nutritional deficiencies. Please, please protect yourself from EMFs, electromagnetic fields, Wi-Fi, and routers in your home. And Dr. Jerry will have more about that when he gets back from Europe. Stop using all plastics if possible. Get a good eight-hour sleep and think some great positive thoughts. Whew, you know what, Dr. Dan, we were, we were talking earlier, and I thought, you know, what am I going to talk about today? But I, I have, I've made so many notes during this week, and uh, 
And I guess what we'll end up with what we, you and I talked about, steps to turn off a nagging self-doubt in your head. Most mm-hmm. of us lose time to negative thoughts. So we want to reframe that, and we want to be more positive, right? Absolutely. It'll so, uh, make a big difference in your health. Absolutely. So it's, it's easier. We remember the negative stuff more than we do the positive stuff. And that's just, that's just a fact. So let me let me just tell you that you have to practice, you know, how to think positively. Uh, and you, well, you practice, 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 practice. You're, so the analogy is if a huge truck pulled in front of you on the highway, what would you do? You switch lanes, right? Mm-hmm. All right. That's the analogy for negative thoughts. You need to do this when a negative thoughts arrive, arise in your head. Turn your mind immediately to something else, okay? Because it's going to, that negative thought is going to kill you. You can even use a hand signal like you do when biking. But, you know, do something that gets your mind off of that negative thought. And uh, we'll talk about this. We'll open the show up next week with this, uh, about uh, topics to uh, that you can use this so you can uh, you can trick your mind. Think about a problem you need to solve at work. Plan a vacation. Walk yourself mentally uh, through a skill or hobby you love. Your mind cannot hold two thoughts at once. Just like you can't feel two different pains at once. You, your mind cannot have two thoughts at once. So, you know, you're not a loser. You got to have an imaginary friend. We got to change those positive thoughts and to negative thoughts to positive ones. We have to practice, 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 and uh, at the end of the day, it'll it'll be worth it. Maybe now, let we me all need a Harvey. <laughs> if you remember Harvey you know, the movie, yeah, I do. In fact, I got I, I still I got back to my studio board here, and I see HOG still here. So I, you you got to be one of the more positive uh, people I know. Uh, Heart of gold. Yeah, try. And what do you, and do you work at it? Well, uh, I fall prey to uh, uh, some negativity, and I do get busy and try and uh, shift lanes, um, and it works most of the time. Right. Uh, at least and you do have something you fall back on, and you realize how it affects you, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry to bring you in on this, but you know, you're you're uh, you're a wealth of knowledge, and, and you're you're so introverted when it comes to letting people know about it. But I know you work at it, and I know you uh, have lots of going on like everybody else. But nobody would know when they're around you because you, uh, you know, you you change it from a negative to a positive. And uh, when you come visit with me, I'm gonna have you meet Dr. Dan, so you, we both can beat the hell out of him to get him to be more positive, because he's <laughs> he's got it. <laughs> well, we're going to gang up on you. I'm going to tell be you that. Pleasure. When he quit. Be my pleasure. <laughs> See, Dan, even he wants to beat you up. You better watch. I'm tougher than you think at my age. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I have your wife on my side, so I know I'm okay. No, she's tougher than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. Oh, my oh. gosh. Well, Dan and uh, Heart of Gold, just a pleasure talking to you today. I have some uh, pressing issues, and since uh, I 
fund this show and uh, only have that one 10-second advertisement as a trial for the show. Uh, we're going to call, call it a little early today. Uh, we're going to get back to negative thinking next week. Uh, get back to that. Well, maybe let's, let's, let me just tell you the dirty dozen of pesticides, residue in, in fruit. You know which, which fruits in the, uh, have the highest pesticide residue? Let me just give it to you. Strawberries, apples, nectarines, peaches, celery, grapes, cherries, spinach, tomatoes, sweet bell peppers, cherry tomatoes, and cucumbers loaded with pesticide residue. Clean them off really well, peel them, and soak them in colloidal silver. The Mm. Clean 15, the Clean 15, these have the lowest pesticide residue. Avocados, sweet corn, pineapples, cabbage, sweet frozen peas, onions, asparagus, mangoes, papayas, kiwi, eggplant, honeydew melon, grapefruit, cantaloupe, and cauliflower. They have the lowest pesticide residue. So, you know, this time of year, you know, you really want to go for a cherry tomato in your salad and you want to eat those strawberries because they really are good. But unless they're organically grown, they have high, some of the highest pesticide residues around. So we need to be conscious of that, Dr. Dan. I will. And then next what? week, uh, what? go ahead. I'm, I'm, what you, were you going to say? No, I, we, we just uh, make sure we uh, wash everything thoroughly and do the yeah. best we can. I didn't know about the colloidal silver. That's, yeah, that's that, a good concept that, to use that for, for uh, yeah, that, fruit and vegetables. Yeah. yeah it, really, it really does work. And I, I've done some history about silver and even things that we didn't talk about when the uh, owner of that company was on. It goes back to the Greeks and Romans and Egyptians when they were using silver to preserve food and water. So it's been around for a long, long time. So we'll, we'll talk about silver and we'll talk about it. Uh, because you asked me, I did the research, and uh, we'll talk about it in its use of Lyme disease. And, uh, Dr. Dan, you, you do know, and maybe our listeners do not know, that a lot of the bacteria develop what's called a biofilm. Uh, mm. When they're exposed to antibiotics, the reason the antibiotics do not are not as effective is because a film develops around these bacteria. Well, it turns out, I found some great research just see if I can get the uh, get the citation uh, that shows that the, the colloidal silver will go through this biofilm and kill the microbes. Mm. So it says, unlike antibiotic therapy, which encourages an increase in biofilm formation, silver nanoparticles interfere with biofilm development, reducing the virulence of infection. So. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the uh, – there, there's about 30 new patents for antibiotics uh, that the companies have, and they all are uh, connected to a silver particle. And 
we'll talk about how silver can actually be anti-inflammatory. There's a, there's a lot of uh, research that I've done on silver, and it's all because Dr. Dan asked me about uh, using colloidal silver to treat Lyme. I really wasn't aware of it, so I had to dig into the library and, and come up with stuff. But it is being used, and they're finding that the multi-drug antibiotic therapy for chronic Lyme disease is not really effective and that the four- and six-week uh, trial is no more effective than the two-week. So maybe we'll get into that a little bit. Is that of interest to you, Dr. Dan? Oh, absolutely, since you know my daughter-in-law has it. Exactly. And she's been having a horrible time. She's in the uh, the worst stage of Lyme's disease, one of, one well, of, my, one of my daughter-in-laws. And uh, um, maybe we should get more uh, uh, colloidal silver into her. It, it might be the answer. I don't know at this well, point. Let me summarize these articles and get them to you, and we'll talk about them next week, okay? Might be a good thing, yes, Ron. Sounds great. All right. Uh, Heart of Gold, thank you for your contribution, and thanks for listening. Uh, and everyone else here, thank you for, the, for the, that New Jersey contingent. There's a, I have more 856 numbers on this board than anything else. I, they're going down through the bottom. I have some 239s. I have some... Uh, 904s, I don't know. Just thank you all. I Just thank you for listening. I only have two microphones live beside mine. That's uh, Dr. Dan and uh, Heart of Gold. Uh, the rest of you, I'm sorry if you have some questions. As soon as I uh, have a co-host, I will be able to open up those other lines. But I can't right now. I, can't, I only have two hands and only can use one effectively. So, ladies and gentlemen... Thank you for listening with an attitude of gratitude. I am humbled by how many people do listen to this program. I hope I don't let you down. I'll continue doing research. And uh, Dr. Jerry Smith will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's uh, doing some seminars in uh, Florence, Italy, Lucky Belger. And then he's going to London uh, using uh, energetic medicine. And that's a whole new field. And there is a doctor here in, in Gainesville, Florida, that has uh, agreed to come on the show. Uh, he's, he is an energetic medicine practitioner. Uh, give, give you some interesting thoughts about the blood-brain barrier and electromagnetic fields. It, it is mind-boggling what the, this low-dose, low-energy does to our systems. This blood-brain barrier, as Dr. Dan knows, it protects our brain. But this EMF allows little holes to be punched in it and allows things to get to our brain that shouldn't be there. And maybe we'll talk about how our brain detoxifies at night. It has its own lymphatic system, and our brain actually shrinks in volume at night. So we don't get a good night's sleep. It's not only uh, that we're not refreshed, we're not detoxifying our brain. So it's really important to sleep in the dark, get a good night's sleep, take a melatonin. Whatever it takes, not drugs though. And uh, well, these are the topics for the next couple of weeks. Dr. Dan, thank you. Article, thank you. Uh, we thank will... you, Dr. Ron. You're a wealth of information, believe me. Really uh, great. God thank bless. you. Wonderful. We'll see you all next week. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation Health Radio here on Live.
www.blogtalkradio.com. See you next week. Ciao.